0: Welcome to Health Matters at Sargent College. The mission of Sargent College is to advance, preserve, disseminate, and apply knowledge in the health and rehabilitation sciences. BU's Sargent College strives to create an environment that fosters critical and innovative thinking to best serve the health needs of society. Each episode of Health Matters at Sargent College will include faculty, students, or alumni who will share their knowledge with you. I'm Karen Jacobs, the Associate Dean of Digital Learning and Innovation at Sargent College, and I'll be your moderator for each episode. Well, I'm delighted to have on this episode of Health Matters at BU Sargent College, Dr. Catherine Webster, who is an athletic trainer. She's a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Physical Therapy and Athletic Training. So, Catherine, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's well, good to be here. thank you. Well, I'm delighted that you're here, and um, I think a lot of people are going to feel the same way. because. The area that you have expertise in is really important. So let me start off with the first question. It seems like ankle sprains are a pretty minor injury. So why is it important to talk about them today?
1: Well, a couple things might come to mind immediately. First of all, it's the most common injury that we see in sports um, and people that are physically active. Um, So it's a really common injury that we see across the board. Um, it's also um, tends to be something that uh, almost half of people, once they've had one ankle sprain, tend to sprain their ankles over and over again. And that's the area where I'm most interested called chronic ankle instability. So they uh, tend to have symptoms where their ankle will either completely sprain or they'll have just kind of giving way. They're walking down the street and there's a little bit of an uneven surface and their ankle kind of gives out on them. Um, and so, it's really important to think about why why does this keep happening over and over? Once you've done it once, um, and and thinking about what's the impact of this. So there are a couple things that that come to mind, particularly about why we're concerned about this chronicity or repeated ankle sprain. Um, One of the things that's a a really big factor is that if someone is gonna continue to sprain their ankle over and over again, you can imagine, well, I'm gonna stop doing the activity where I sprain my ankle. So maybe you enjoy playing basketball
0: Right. Are, you th- are you thinking about me playing basketball uh, at Of course, five feet,
1: <laughs> maybe one inch now? <laughs> of course it would come to mind. Or, you know, who, who knows? Maybe it's dancing. Maybe it's soccer. Anything that's active that you enjoy doing, right? That if you're going to keep injuring your ankle, you're, you'll say, well, I guess I shouldn't go dancing anymore or I sh- shouldn't keep playing basketball. And that might be your means for physical activity. And if you stop doing that, then that can lead to a more sedentary lifestyle, and we all know that there are plenty of comorbidities that are associated with people that have more of a sedentary lifestyle. So we're really interested in keep, keeping people active. We know how much that does for people's um, certainly health in broad sense of, this, of the term, um, mental health, stress relief. Um, so we want to be able to allow people to continue to be active, and if an ankle sprain is keeping them from doing that, hey, let's try to fix that.
0: Yeah, and um, I can see that. And, you know, I cross-country ski. Mm. And I can't imagine if my ankle um, was sprained, what yeah. that would be like. And that's, you know, instead of basketball, that's really what I love.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot. One of the... The common traits with people that sprain their ankle is they have limited range of motion, particularly um, in the motion where you pull your toes up toward the sky called dorsiflexion. And you need a great deal of dorsiflexion to cross-country ski. So that would be something you might not notice immediately, but you might start changing the way that you're skiing because of that limited range of motion. Yes. Another reason that um, we're concerned about people continuing to sprain their ankle is that we see more and more studies that are now showing that people that sprain their ankle more often are more likely to develop osteoarthritis in their ankle later in life. And of course, that also is a really limiting factor as far as activity and being able to maintain health. So we certainly want to avoid any ways that we can stave off osteoarthritis or joint uh, damage. we want to try to alleviate that. So if we can keep them to one or two sprains, then that would certainly
0: help that bone health there as well. And, you know, there's so many. I think many people probably don't even think of this as being so important. You sprain your ankle and you say, oh, my ankle hurts. And, you know, what what can they do? You know, should they come see an athletic trainer right away, their doctor? You know, what should they do? Yeah, there
1: are, there are a lot of great people that could help them. Certainly an athletic trainer um, is really highly trained in how to care for a sprained ankle, um, trying to uh, seek out someone that can give them some direction of how to do some rehab um, for that ankle. It's really important that... Um, we allow patients to um, be treated for this. We're starting to recognize that when we think of a lot of people think it's just an ankle sprain, and it's a very um, think as you mentioned, as the question you asked about it being a minor injury. But as I've mentioned, there are a lot of things that come out of that that we want that we're concerned about. We're also seeing that although people return to activity very quickly after an ankle sprain. More and more studies are starting to show that we should probably give that a little bit more time, that going back to activity right away actually has worse outcomes in the long term than someone that allows that to heal pretty well. Um, That doesn't mean you stop doing everything because of an ankle sprain. Um, It just means we think about how do we modify activity a
0: little bit to not put as much strain on the joint uh, right away. Well, I can see how healthcare providers are really interested in in this. And once you've had um, a sprained ankle, is there any way in the future to sort of prevent it um, from The changes you've mentioned. Yeah, that's a great question. We have,
1: um, unfortunately, the main ligament that's involved with an ankle sprain. And when I've used ankle sprain in a pretty general term here, what I'm thinking about specifically is a lateral ankle sprain, or when your foot, the sole of your foot, goes toward the inside, and that we call that a lateral ankle sprain. And typically, there's one major ligament that's injured when you do that. Um, It's most commonly sprained and that ligament unfortunately doesn't heal very well once you've sprained your ankle. So there are a number of things that we can do to try to help to now utilize some of the uh, other areas of the body to try to help stabilize the joint. So doing some range of motion to begin with is really helpful in the sense that we wanna try to move your joint as much as you can without it being painful. So just getting those muscles to fire around the joint can be really helpful. Um, Again, you wanna try to limit the painful motion, but just go as far as you can without it being painful. That helps the muscles to start activating earlier and not shut down because of the injury. Um, It also helps with a lot of the swelling that typically happens with ankle sprain, Um, moving that swelling out of the area uh, it, when that swelling remains in the area, it can um, kind of limit the amount of sh- the ways that the muscles fire and the nerves around the joint. So uh, keeping it moving is good. Um, another thing that has been really consistent in the evidence is doing some balance exercises. And that just means when you're feeling fully able to, to stand, um, you do some stabilization exercises where you're standing in one place just on that one foot and try to do some um some movement with the upper body a little bit to try to get what we call dynamic balance. Um, so, working on that, working on trying to balance after a jump. Once you feel comfortable, able to and able land and able to land a jump, excuse me, um, then really trying to stabilize there. You're kind of teaching those um, nerves how to stabilize again after an injury because they don't give the proper message to the brain of where your joint is in space after an injury, and you kind of have to retrain those nerves to try to stabilize in a safer environment, something that would be a little different than being on a court during a basketball game where you might step on someone's foot, or there's a lot of unpredictable um, opportunities to try to balance where if you have practiced that balance in a safer environment, you're more prepared for that um, sudden movement, sudden change in direction, and your ankle's less likely to sprain.
0: Well, those are, that's really great advice. Um, and I, I'm sure our listeners are wondering what other um, exercises they might be able to do. So could you give us a couple more that you'd recommend? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: as I said, this is always a progression, and you want to try to keep within your level of pain um, and not try to do too much too soon. But certainly trying to keep um, some motion happening um, is helpful. Mo- moving your foot up and down sometimes. Um, drawing the alphabet sometimes we say with your toes to try to keep that moving in lots of different directions. Um, that's an early mo- an early exercise you can do when maybe you're not feeling up to putting some weight on it. Um, also early in exercise, this is a really cool thing about the neurological system is that when you do some balancing exercises on the unaffected ankle, we get benefits on the, an- on the ankle that's been injured even though you're not doing that exercise on that injured ankle. So it's centrally located in the brain, which is just incredible to think about. So even doing some of the exercises on your good ankle is really helpful. Um, Doing some heel raises is another good one just for strength, whether you're on two feet and you can slowly start to progress onto a single leg, heel raise is another great one for strength and then certainly trying to balance as you do those. Another great exercise that's really common against working on that stabilization or dynamic balance is standing on your one foot, uh, closing your eyes, closing one eye, um, throwing a ball while you're balancing on one foot or causing something uh, to move in your upper extremity can be really helpful to help uh, your, your foot start to stabilize a little bit. Um, So those are certainly some some good ones and then as you get toward the end of that feeling really good some, as I mentioned earlier, a little bit of jump to stabilization. So a little hop and then trying to stabilize and hop forward and try to balance, hop sideways and try to balance and hop backwards and try to balance. So all of those are really nice exercises and these can be great exercises that if you sprained your ankle in the past, a lot of times we don't realize that we have these residual problems the um, the changes in the ankle, when we've gone back to participating in whatever activity we do, we also have found that even though people are participating in really high level activities, we start to see changes in the knee and in the hip. So it's a really interesting, the lower extremity chain itself. Um, it tries to figure out how to make it work, right? So we've seen in the evidence, we've seen some changes in how the the muscles, the gluteus maximus and medius, how they're activating in the hip when, in people with chronic ankle instability versus people without, um, and just trying to see how the hip and knee moves differently. You walk a little bit differently when you've had chronic ankle instability, which you may not realize, and it kind of sets you up for more injury because you tend to walk a little bit more on the outside of your foot. So um, even if you've sprained your ankle in the past and you're fine now but you never did much rehab, you may want to think about trying to do some of these exercises to prevent it from
0: happening again. Oh, this is great. Advice, I think I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> I haven't sprained my ankle recently. My knee is what's bothering me now. I see.
1: Yeah, and we see that's the other thing is, I'm not saying this is for you, I certainly haven't evaluated you, but um, we start seeing um, when someone has sprained their ankle in the past, we start seeing people develop injuries in other parts of their lower extremity, so knee pain and hip pain, because they don't have the full capacity to either stabilize at their ankle or the ability to um, be able to move it in a full amount of range of motion. So we also have seen other things that are really exciting about actually trying to work on the muscles inside your foot, so what we call the intrinsic foot muscles. So you might some of you may have heard of toe yoga and trying to individually move your toes. Um, or just try to shorten your foot a little bit, what we call short foot exercises. Those have also helped to kind of help stabilize your foot a little bit more after, a, after an ankle sprain would be another fun thing to do to try. I think they're fun anyway.
0: Uh, I have to tell you, I had not heard of, of toe yoga. Yeah. And I love yoga, so well, I'm going to have to figure that one out. There you go. Sounds great. <laughs> so in the last you know f- few minutes that we um, have on this episode, I think people are probably going to be interested in in athletic training as a career. Mm. Can you tell us about that? Oh, I'd love to. I could talk for hours. Do we have hours? How much longer do we have? Um,
1: athletic training is an amazing career, so a lot of people confuse it with personal training as far as being in a weight room or... Um, Teaching people different weightlifting techniques, so it's different from personal training or healthcare providers um, that work with people that are physically active, whether it be people in performing arts or that we have athletic trainers in lots of settings like NASA and the rodeo and all sort industrial settings. So lots of places we typically see we uh, typically see athletic trainers working in um, with. Uh, in high schools or colleges where people are a lot of people are physically active and of course with professional sports as well but we have a fantastic master's in athletic training here at BU um, our program is currently accepting applications if you're interested in that um, we'd love to hear from you um, if you and or even just talk about what the profession looks like in really helping people to be um, more active and helping people to be healthier and what they do we do a lot of evaluation of injury, rehabilitation of injury, prevention of injury, um,
0: and try to help in uh, just guiding people to do what they love to do. I love that and I think, you know, I think that there is a lot of confusion um, between what, what is an athletic trainer. Um, and at Boston University, we have athletic training, we have physical therapy mm-hmm. as well, occupational therapy, nutrition, so many of the health and rehabilitation sciences. Um, how long have you been an athletic trainer? Oh, I have been an athletic trainer for over 20 years,
1: so it's it's certainly a passion that I love being a part of. Athletic trainers get to do all sorts of incredible things, and our days look great very different. Um, each day is always a surprise. You don't know what you're going to get. So if you're someone that likes lots of challenge and doesn't like sitting at a desk all day, this, this is a great profession for you. Um, someone that's really interested in helping patients to get better. Um, it's a really fun opportunity to be a part of it. So yeah, I've been doing that, doing it for a long time. I practiced um, athletic training for about 10 years and then uh, decided to move fully into um, academic setting.
0: So it's great to be a part of it still. Well, we're so happy that you are um, at Sargent College. I love your passion. I'm going to practice some of the exercises (laughs) you gave me, gave all of us. Um, Maybe that will help my my knee as well. Of course. I especially like that toe yoga. I'm really (laughs) excited about it. So if someone wants to reach out to learn more about athletic training and in particular, what you discussed, how can they reach you? Well, a couple things. You can certainly visit our website um, at
1: bu.edu. Uh, and if you go to Sargent and look at athletic training, or simply if you just put in, type in Boston University athletic training, our webpage will come up. Um, and you can certainly find my contact information there. It's Webster at bu.edu if you'd like to reach out. But um, our website has some really great um, explanations of our program and curriculum outlines and uh, lots of ways to reach our faculty. We also have some great social media outlets as well. We have uh, an Instagram and Facebook um, following too. We'd love to have you follow those as well. Great.
0: Thanks so much for being on Health Matters. Oh, I'm delighted. to Thank you so much for having me.